What's up, rockers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on Facebook and follow us on iTunes, Spotify. You can also check out our website, talklouderpodcast.com. I'm Metal Dave, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster, and we are stoked about this episode. Our guest today is somebody we've been trying to get on this show since basically since we started the show. And uh, man, we are really excited. Jason, you want to you want to sort of hint at who we have or just outright tell folks? We got doc. We got Dr. Danko Jones. Dr. Danko Jones. Dr. Danko Jones. No, I just added Dr. You know, uh, Temple of Doom. Uh, so <laughs> Danko Jones, uh, and, and I have to, just as, this is where I just start rattling and I'll try to keep it, uh, under an hour. Uh, uh, yeah, this is just our intro for Danko. So, you know, the episode plays after the intro, duh, but I gotta say, uh, you know, there's, I've have met a couple of people that really didn't get Danko when they first listened to him, but then they saw him live yeah, and they changed their whole story. Yeah. Um, and we're going to learn a little bit about Danko's opinion on live albums and being recorded live, et cetera. And, um, the, uh, the, the thing that I'm trying to sort of achieve with this rattle right here is I heard Danko in 2002 and that's going on 20 years ago. Uh, and why he's not bigger in America, I don't understand. Yeah. Do you have any, do you have any, I mean, no, I really don't know. I mean, didn't he, we talk about this with an episode? Yeah, we did. Uh, we did an episode on Canadian. First of all, Danko's based out of Canada. And so we did an episode of this podcast on that highlighted Canadian bands, uh, you can go back and check out that episode. And we also did an episode on bands we thought should have been bigger. Um, and and oftentimes, you know, bands don't get bigger for no fault of their own. But but Danko is definitely, you know, one of those guys in one of those bands that just has this fire. And like you said, if you see him live, they'll just blow your face off. And uh, the studio albums sort of capture that energy too. And he does do he does do well over in Europe. You know, he's been around for twenty some years and uh, tours Europe and uh, his native Canada uh, pretty extensively. Gets to the states once in a while, but he's, um, big, he's bigger in Europe. Uh, yeah, definitely you know, he, bigger in Europe. He's been making uh, records for Bad Taste Records for a really long time that would be the european label big in uh scandinavia yeah but has toured all over europe with motorhead and saxon just to name a few um he's opened for the rolling stones i think it was a one-off but he's done entire legs of tours with uh guns and roses he's motorhead. yeah 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 he's so and he's been on stage singing with Guns N' Roses, with Motorhead. Um, he was on, uh, we, we didn't mention this earlier, but he sings on a single that went number one in a couple of countries with the band Volbeat. Oh, yeah, Friendly yeah. Friendly with the guys in Volbeat. Yeah. And uh, he, he toured with Volbeat, and that would have been, uh, I saw that tour in 2012, and that was the last time I saw Danko live. 
But I've, I have become friendly over the years with Denko. He sang on one of my records, the Broken Teeth Viva La Rock Fantastico record. Yep. Uh, there's a video for that. So there's all these stories that could go on and on and on. Uh, shout out to Three-Headed Dog Clothing that um, made a couple of of Danko Jones skate decks. There's a black one and there's this pink one here and they're really cool. And uh, the, the owner of three headed dog clothing heard Danko and fell in love with Danko pretty much in the same, you know, breath like I did and uh, just made these for fun. And uh, don't know if these will be available. It depends on demand, right? Yeah. Um, Looks really nice though. And for anyone listening that maybe isn't aware of Danko, number one, shame on you, but <laughs> just kidding. Number two, um, uh, if you're a fan of vintage Kiss, Motorhead, ACDC, um, Thin Lizzy, uh, you need some Danko Jones in your life, man. There's there's also like a black flag element. There's like an old like garage rock kind of a punk uh, attitude going on. Yeah. Lyrically, it's probably closer to, um, you know, a, a really dirty kiss lyric. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. That, and and he's, uh, he, he's excellent with his rhymes and uh, he's fast. Uh, his, his, uh, his tongue is, uh, he's got verbiage and it's yeah. coming at you a million miles an hour. Yeah, uh, the musicianship is excellent. It's a little bit of a modern take, uh, production-wise. Do yourself a favor. Just go re- do some research. Just check out Danko Jones. I'll say it again. My favorite record is "We Sweat Blood." That's a great sort of starting point. There's enough uh, records you can go back from there, and there's plenty of records behind that one you can go check out as well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, total rock and roll animal and, uh, just, uh, just a demon on stage and his albums are great and he's got all the right influences and he wears them well. Has and, a new uh, record coming out, uh, August 27th, uh, power trio. It's, um, today is, uh, close to the end of July. So it's coming out uh, a month from this taping pretty much. By the time and, you see and hear this, it'll be on its way or available. So yeah, that's right, that's right. And you'll you'll start probably hearing about more. You'll you'll have some Danko in your life by then. We hope. Yeah, if you don't already, and you should. Yeah. Let's so, don't waste any more time. Let's get right to Danko Jones. Hey guys, how are you, man? Good to be here. I'm doing okay. Um, glad to be here, actually. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be cool. Yeah. We're, we're, we're glad you could join us. Uh, Jason and I have had you on our wish list for, uh, a number of weeks, months, whatever. And, uh, we're finally glad to have you on board. So, oh yeah. Where are you right now? You're, you're in Canada. Is that correct? Yeah. I'm in Toronto. So yeah. How far is that from Hamilton? An hour, one hour. Yeah. Well, that's a broken teeth. That's the only Canadian town we've played. So. I was going to say it's pretty impressive that you throw out Hamilton of all yeah, places. One little gig, <laughs> and, and I don't even remember what year it was. But wow, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we're putting out a new record, and our record label is based out of Hamilton. So mm. we're mm. actually spending ending up in Hamilton more than we thought we would. So all right, 
Wow. Uh, a, but is it a subsidiary of your your label in, in Europe or? No, it's a completely separate, you know. Oh. Um, yeah. So there's a European label and then there's. Oh, a, right. OK. Yeah. There's right. the North American. Yeah. So Sonic Onion is the label and they're based out of Hamilton. So you're throwing it out there and I've got a connection already. So Sonic Onion. I like Sonic it already. Onion. Yeah. That's yeah. They've been around for years. We actually put oh, out good. our very first seven inch on their label. And then we kind of had a falling out. And then I guess it was three years ago, we did a show in Hamilton and they mm -hmm. were actually promoting the gig and we kind of reconnected and found out that, Hey, you know what? We really like each other after yeah. all these years. So yeah. <laughs> that's how it happens. You know? Well, maybe the bad element was just the weather or something, you know? No, nah, it was, uh, I think both parties were, young and dumb and mm -hmm. we were both really stubborn and you know we're protective and defensive and and then you go you know 20 plus years later you realize we're the only one standing and they're the only one standing and we've got that in common and yeah and and hell you know they were really nice to begin yeah. with you know i've never really had a problem with them but yeah it was a long time ago and so when we first started out, we were really like protective of our band to the point where it's like, let's go. You got to, you don't like us. Oh, let's go. get out of my, get out of my way. <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah. You don't and like then, me. Yeah. I've been, I don't like you either. Get out of my way. <laughs> and then, you know, that happens a few hundred times and then or a thousand times. And then you're just yeah. like, ah, whatever. I don't so, care. so on, on, on this, on this note, I love it that you, that we're, that we're off to a really good start. It, this, by the way, this doesn't have to be any kind of timeline, but you, you mentioned you have a new record coming out on your, the very first people you ever worked with yeah um i'm i'm looking in one of it, just this old thing i found oh wow around. i found this this thing just you know it was on the floor and tell yeah. people listening i don't know i don't really is. even know what it is i just what the hell is this? oh yeah i stuck it it was under the door holding the door up and i had to pull it out anyway yeah that's what it's, uh, it's funny used, how, really. it's funny how this was just like oh 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 what is it i just in my hand all of a sudden so Listen, for people, uh, so for people listening, what are you, what are you holding up there? I'm, I'm holding up. Uh, I got something to say by Danko Jones. Danko's book. Uh, ten year one of Danko's books. One of Danko's uh, books. Ten years of rock and roll ramblings. Forward by Duff McKagan. Now, uh, I open to the back here. It's got a discography, and this seven inch you speak of is not on this discography. Yeah, I guess you know. Um, I should. I guess we should have put it on there. I, uh, I'm really bad at, did I just get you in trouble? Yeah. You know, you, <laughs> I, I don't, it's an oversight that no one caught, I guess, but, um, they put but, out the seven inch and then, um, a five song EP, oh. which actually I got an email from today that they're going to reissue. And I just, they just sent us the, uh, reissue artwork for that five song EP. Oh. And so I think in my head, when I think of discography, uh, I tend to forget the seven inches and the EPs and I go straight to the LPs. Cause that's oh, just, I, I, that's just how I am. I tend to do the same thing. Um, I want to interrupt you one more time. So born a lion, 2002, we sweat blood, 2003. I mean, that's prolific. That's fast. 
Yeah. Then, yeah, it's too fast. Sleep is the enemy in 06, never too loud in 08. That's about my speed. And then yes. uh and then oh, and then uh yeah, 2010, it's speeding back up below the belt with that. Never too loud was 08. Uh, if I missed it, Rock and Roll's Black and Blue, 2012. I believe yeah. that's the last time I saw Danko Jones. Oh wow! Uh, so you, you haven't seen us with our uh, with our I guess I'll, I can't call him new drummer anymore because right. he's been in the band for eight years. But right. Rich is just pretty much the drummer that I'm we like, should have had. Yeah, I'm like used to having him in the band, even though I I missed him. I saw the in between guy. So yeah, uh, Fire Music 2015 and Wildcat 2017. And and what year did this book come out? Don't make me dig. 2018. Okay, so that makes yeah. sense because Wildcat was 17. So yeah, um, not to. I mean, I want to talk about the book, but there's just so much. Uh, when you recorded Born a Lion, what have you? What did you? Um, how how far out had you played like outside of Toronto by the time you were you were starting to record Born a Lion? Uh, we had done, uh, I think, four tours of Europe, a bunch of tours of uh, America. So that and of early, course, Canada. Yeah, yeah. We um, we started touring in Europe in uh, two thousand and one. We did three tours. And then I believe there was a tour before we went into the studio for Born Alliance of so four tours, I think if I'm right. And then, um, uh, of course, there'd been numerous American jaunts down south because we're just right on the border. Yeah. Um, but we didn't go really deep in um, until, although we did make our way down to Texas because of the South by Southwest Festival in 2000 and 1999 2000 so was that in 2000 was that the first first time you played south by southwest first time was 1999 okay and then we came back i think the next year for for the record i don't think me and me and dave i know i in 99 did not know of anything called a danko jones oh it was a washout we ended up on a canadian music uh, showcase which is basically another way of saying nobody's coming and so i, I mean it was ridiculous there's, there's a lot of that going on in south by southwest <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but i mean to be stuck with and it wasn't like the same genre or anything it was like we knew all these people who were but we would never play together in canada what what's going to make anyone come to this when the two of us are stuck on the same bill together not that anyone was with bad or terrible or mean or anything. It was just like, what is this? We traveled yeah. all the way down for this. It's a salad bar and people yeah. get confused yeah. when there's too many choices. And uh, if it's a rock showcase and there's this kind of rock and that kind of rock, but you know, if you have something with, uh, a, you know, with like concert violinist as the lead lead on it and then an alternative band and then a hard rock band or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I get and, it. The only thing that was tying us together was we're all Canadian and God, that's the reason why we're on tours to get away from Canada. You know what I mean? It's like, right. so right. It, here you go. don't, I mean, I love Canada, but it doesn't matter where you're from. If you're here to kick ass. Yeah. Kick ass. I don't care where you're from. 
So, so Danko, tell, tell everybody briefly what that book is all about and tell, tell people how they can get it and then tell me how you got Duff McKagan to write the foreword. <laughs> um, uh, it's just a bunch of essays that I, I've wrote for all these magazines over the years while I was on tour. And really, you know, it was a great way to um, kill time. So I started writing and I, I enjoyed it and I knew I needed to work on it. So I it had been a while since I was in school, you know, handing an essay. So it took a few years to kind of get grease the wheels. And then, um, yeah, and then uh, I amassed a, a whole bunch because I, I wanted to, in the back of my head, I wanted to put this book together. So I started to reach out if I was doing an interview with somebody and there was kind of a window where they said, you know, do, would you write for us? I would oh, pry open the window and go, yeah, I'll, I'll start writing for you. And there was a time when I was writing for like five or six uh, a month and it was a lot, it was too much. Um, but it, allowed, it enabled me to kind of amass a whole bunch of essays for this book over a period. So, and then um, Duff, that's interesting. It's funny that you asked me that because I actually did this thing for the BBC today. I handed it in and it was all about uh, Duff. And so um, it's on my mind. I can easily tell you how. We ended up touring together in 2013 for with both his bands. One was loaded, and we did an Australian tour together. And we were, it was for the Soundwave Festival, which was a huge festival with all kinds of bands, and they would pair up bands mm -hmm. with um, uh, a guide in Australia. So you would travel with that one band you're kind of paired up with. And then you would share a guide and share buses and you would play the same stage. And we, our band was loaded and uh, it was what a great band to yeah. be paired up with. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that's not a drag. No, it's not. There's no. so many amazing bands on the bill though. Everyone from that year, it was, Oh my God, Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, Hatebreed, uh, Madball, Sick of It All, uh, Caius, uh um oh my god it just fucked up you uh, were cancer bats it, it was a happy camper oh it was it was insane like it was insane and so we got to hang out together and then we did a six-week tour of america later that year with his other band the walking papers and so that's eight weeks with duff and and again we were sharing the same stage sharing the same this sharing the same that i mean by the end of it it was whatever so the last last we had also we were writing for outlets he was writing for the la weekly i was writing for my magazines and so i'd ask him some questions because he had put out a book and you know we would share writing tips and stuff writing on the road what do you do with your editors do you do this do you do that etiquette with editors etc and so on the last day of the tour i i said hey listen if i write a foreword if I write a book, would you write the foreword? And he said, yeah, sure. You know, like, well, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm never going to see you again, whatever. Wow. <laughs> you know, and so three years later, I'm readying the book for Feral House, the publishers. And I hit him up and I say, hey, Duff, remember that thing I, I, you said yes to like three years ago? And he wrote me back and it was a it was a really badly kept industry secret that Guns N' Roses were getting back together. 
And he wrote me back. He said, like, my life is getting busy starting tomorrow. He didn't tell me what it was, but I knew exactly what it was. And he probably knew that I knew what it was, but there was probably some non-disclosure thing. Um, and so I said, okay, yeah, well, you know, thanks. That'd be great. You know, cause he said, I'll try to get it. A week went by, two weeks went by and I thought, all right, let me start thinking of other people for the forward. And then boom, in my inbox, there was no email to it. It just was the, the, uh, the piece. And that was it. And, uh, I was like, oh man, thank you so much. It was amazing. So that's, that's how he ended up writing it. Cause I asked him to, that's and awesome. uh, he kept his promise. Some that's of awesome. that, some of that story I'd actually, uh, heard about from you, uh, before I saw Dave light up there. It's like, uh, the etiquette with editors and things like that. Like Dave, you got Dave to crack up. That's something you guys would have in common. Though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I know all about the, uh, and each one is different. You got to play them different and work with them differently. And the expectations are different. And, uh, you kind of got to learn how to handle whoever it is you're, you're writing for. And, uh, I, I, yeah, that's why I cracked up because I totally understand exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> well, I, I liken it to working with a producer making a record. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You, you really have to, I think you can benefit the best from an editor and a producer if you keep your ego in check. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there, there's no question about that. There's been times, you know, early on in my career, much like you were describing early, uh, earlier in this episode, when you were talking about the early days of your band, you were very stubborn and bullheaded about everything. And I was much the same way as an aspiring journalist. And you write this, you know, an article or whatever, and you turn it in and you don't want one single word touched. And you have, <laughs> you have such this pride of ownership over it. And then you get mad when somebody changes it or rearranges it. And then you learn that, wow, they actually, in some cases can make it better. Or you learn now I know what they're going to do with it. So you kind of take this preemptive strike and you sort of tailor it to what you know they're going to do with it. And that way you can keep as much of your words intact as you, as you possibly can. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like working, working with the editor of my book, Aaron, um, you know, we're friends, but he is an editor for a music magazine in Canada. So he, and he was my editor at Huffington post and, uh, so we had worked together, but even still, when we started the process, he warned me. He was like, listen, I'm going to, it's going to sound like I'm cutting you up, but like take it in stride and it's up to you. And uh, I just, I just thought when I first got his, his initial, the, you, and you know what I'm just going to say, the first time the editor gives you back your piece with all their I don't want to say corrections, but uh, suggestions. Yeah, um, preferences. It, it can be very <laughs> jarring for a first-time writer. Like, yeah. and I had to like take a step back. My heart sunk the first time I got it. Got something like that because I thought, "Well, I, do I suck that bad?" Like, and and you know, it's it's funny, and and it's the same in a, making a record. Jason knows that whole vibe too. Like. Um, 
having your song rearranged by some fucking guy who yeah. wasn't there when we wrote this thing? Well, then the label or the someone from the label is the worst because Oh, that I don't uh, sorry. I don't no, no I don't yeah, listen I, to that. I know I know that. There you know, sometimes their suggestions were actually kind of cool and some of them were just like get out of here. Yeah. Um but you know, someone like Max Norman making suggest to you know you've got this big hole here you need to either sing something or you need to put some noodly guitar in here but you know don't change the arrangement just there's a big hole here where there's no there's no solo there's no breathe there's no dynamic and you need to put something in the hole and i learned a lot just from that suggestion yeah um you know because you want the song to breathe but it doesn't mean he didn't say, you know, you guys do a breakdown. He didn't say change the the power of the section other than you need something that's talking right here. Right. Yeah. So and yeah. that was that meant a lot to me. So, yeah, um, even just small suggestions by these by these heavy dudes go a long way. Yeah. 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 Hey, guys, give me a second. I got a cat trapped in this room. I'm going to get her out of here. Hold on. Oh, well, it can be our special guest. It's turning into a zoo. Ralph's gone. I don't know where he went. Uh oh, did he go? Did he leave the room? Nah, he's he's kind of like a cat. He, like he's a dog, but he's a cat, and he actually okay. whines too, like meows a bit. Wow. Sorry about that. Oh, My Ralph, the, Ralph the cat. You yeah. Have her out of here before I get started. So yeah, oh, I, okay. I totally understand what you mean. An editor is much like a producer in in the writing world. Um. You mentioned at the start of this, and we should jump right into it. Tell us about your new album. It's dropping uh, next month, I believe. August 27. Called Power Trio. Yep. Talk about it a little bit. Tell us, uh, what, what, tell us about the making of it, because I'm sure it was made uh, in circumstances unlike any other al um, album you've done due to the pandemic and that sort of thing. So just walk us through it. Tell us what we can expect. And uh, again, it drops when? August 27. 27th yeah so. well uh yeah like you said it was written in isolation from one another during the pandemic and we've never written an album like that and so uh we were just kind of very skeptical of i was i was like we've never we we, we write albums bashing it for hours in front of each other until something sparks and that could be a, a, a pain in the ass and a giant headache in, unto itself but that's how we, that's the only way we've known to do albums. And so this kind of forced us, JC, our bass player, uh, he, he was, he was insistent that we write the record and make it. And I was almost as insistent to just curl up into a ball under my blanket and wait till this fucking thing is over. Yeah, I did no, not want to do I'm, it. I'm glad you, I'm glad that JC won that fight because yeah. you got to well, keep he, moving. Yeah, he usually wins most of them. So he was like, well, right. if we don't do this, this is what's going to happen. We're not going to yeah. be ready for when this thing is over. We won't have any reason to tour. We And we're going to need to tour whenever this is over. So I kind of reluctantly picked up my guitar and started writing stuff. And I realized very quickly that, holy cow, this is taking my mind off the pandemic because nothing was working. Movies, I couldn't read books. I, everything was just like even like TV shows were okay. Cause they only last for like 25 minutes or yeah. 45 minutes at a time. So I could, I could kind of take my mind, but after I can't go more than an hour, even today, I, I can't without like checking to see if there's a new 
a new, you know, thing that's happened. So um, I found that it was mentally relieving to refocus on something completely different than like a virus. And uh, then when it came time to, you know, work on, get into the minutia of the songs, then we had realized we have endless amounts of time to work on lyrics and melodies and guitar solos that I usually never do because we always have a tour looming or something. Mm -hmm. Now I could just, well, what else are you going to do for the next X amount of days to, you, you can work on the lyrics for this song until you're, you know, you, so um, that helped. Um, but it, I think we have a now we have a song on the album called blue jean denim jumpsuit. It's, it's track number six. That was the first song we wrote in isolation together from beginning to end. I came up with the riff and then JC kind of arranged it. He put it all together on the computers and then he put a metronome underneath it. And it was just the raw bass guitar and vocals. Like if anyone was to hear it, 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 they wouldn't think too much of it. But when Rich brought his drums on the track, everything just, everything just settled into place. And I was like, blown away i was blown away we've never done a song like that and i wrote them back and i'm like oh, i don't know about you guys but this is like this song this is like one of the best songs we've ever written and we did it without even looking at each other how oh my god we could do this album and so you know all credit to jc he did all that and um yeah that's then we just finished the record so that's how it went you know and i i sorry i, I didn't want to no, cut you off that's okay how deep in the writing did uh, Saturday come about? Well, we had five or six ideas before the pandemic started and before lockdown. And Saturday was one of those songs. Um, it was just, you know, the verse riff uh, and the kind of the melody. And then we finished it while we were in lockdown. And um, I didn't have any lyrics for it. JC just said, what are you singing in that chorus part? Like, are you singing Saturday? And I said, no, I'm not, but now I will because I can't think of anything else. So well, do, you, do, do you find, do you, cause I, I do it all the time. I sing dummy words and then yeah. I hear something later on and go, wow, that sounds like I'm saying whatever. Right. So yeah. I make up something. It's all phonetics anyway. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's what he was hearing. Yeah. And since he could hear it, it's already there. Yeah. I didn't have to kind of, um wedge anything in there so easy yeah yeah made, easy made it easy it's uh yeah. it's like a natural uh i was gonna say this a second ago you guys know what you're doing pandemic yeah. <laughs> pandemic you guys know what you're doing in a room I, to get into in a room together flushing out tunes or stuck at home on a computer with a boom box whatever you guys know what you're doing you write yeah. stand upside down. You'll write it even better. You know, who knows? <laughs> stand on your head. Who cares? You know, make it anyway. So it's, yeah. I, I, we were just, I was just so insecure about it at first because I'd right. never, I always need immediate. What is it? Is it good? Like immediately. Yeah. Feedback. Yeah. That's yeah. not what we got. Like I'd have to wait for them to, yeah. you know, it could be hours or the next day before they said, well, Hey, that sounds good. Rather than immediately just going, now let's do that again. Maybe you can yeah. trust the universe a little bit this time, you know. Uh, or next <laughs> next time you have to write a write a song in a you know locked in a closet or something. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm locked but, in a closet. What is my keeper going to do to me next? Oh well, I'll just write songs. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so exactly. it, before, just before the pandemic, I, and I might have my timeline wrong, but uh, I seem to recall that one of the last uh, string of gigs that you did was uh, you did dip into America on the West Coast and did some dates with Junkyard. Is that right before the pandemic? Yeah, our four last shows ever were with Junkyard. Yeah, because the Junkyard guys rave about how much fun they had with you. And and I was jealous from a distance thinking, oh, man, I wish that bill would come to Texas. <laughs> I think I think that uh, little Danko run, Danko Junkyard thing happened immediately after Broken Teeth and Junkyard in Austin because they were talking about it. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. The I remember room. that. Yeah. And then uh, having I think conversations. Like, and I was telling them all about you, and I was going, you know, don't get me started on Danko. Let me show you my Danko <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> anyway, I don't. By the way, I don't have a Danko tattoo <laughs> yet. Not yet. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but but, but yeah, I was I, uh, of, of course I was telling them, hoorah, yay, Danko, rah rah rah, and they were like, oh really? And I'm like, you're gonna minds will be blown, and. Uh, Todd, bass player, Todd Muscat. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, sent me a, a shout out. I don't know, like the week they finished with you. Jason, dude, you were right. I never, Todd's never messaged me before. <laughs> but he did after I told him about Danko and then did a week on the West Coast with you. And, uh, dude, you were right. So, oh, yeah. it, they were, I mean, all those guys were so nice and so much fun to hang out with. And, genuinely really nice guys and yes. uh it was it could have easily kept going and didn't wouldn't have blinked an eye they were all nice todd was todd and tim and jimmy and patrick and and david they, they were all really really nice guys yeah we yeah. just had david on the show and uh, yeah i went to high school with david so oh wow yeah. that i didn't yeah. know yeah yeah wow yeah wow. We, had, we had like art class and shit together yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> Fridays we could bring. You got Danko. Yeah, Danko got to watch it. It's, Danko, it's, yeah, Danko needs to watch the David Roach episode because yeah, it's, it's, it's one great. of my favorites. It was great. Oh, I will. And now I will. Yeah, yes. I think it was David that I went up to and on the first show in San Diego, and I said, "Jason McMaster says hey" or something like that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. You sound so, just yeah. like me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hold this up because it's uh, heavy on my mind. Oh yeah. You put me in here. I didn't pay yeah. you to put me in here. No. I didn't ask you to put me in here. You just put me in here. Much like your your other uh, books, you your stories are are real. They're about experiences. They're about your they're your stories. They belong to you. They're your memories. You have like a a recollection of the first time you saw or heard or bought or one of their records or whatever, and then you talk about like when you met them for the first time and became friends with them. And then they end up in your book. Cause you're, you're telling the stories that I just set up. This book is uh, too much trouble. Uh, I'm holding, by the way, I'm holding up Danko's. Is this your first? Like, Oh, that's not, our, I mean, uh, it was written by Stuart Berman. Okay. So this is yeah. right. This is, this is a, um, this is a, an, a very oral history of Danko Jones, to finish the title. Uh, so you, somebody wrote this with you? No, they wrote it. It was their thing. It was their really? whole thing. Yeah, Stuart really? writes for uh, 
uh, Pitchfork and he writes for, he's written for Spin. He's written for all kinds of, he's in the Pixies movie. He's, he oh, gets around. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So he pitched an idea to a, his editor or something and they said, yeah. And you just worked with him a little bit. Well, we actually approached him. Um, we were okay. like, we were thinking of, you know, if we can do this book uh, thing and it would, you know, I, I can't remember if we had the idea or if he came up with the idea for an oral history, I can't remember, but I remember pitching him uh, a book idea on our band. And this he, is 2012, he said, 2012. Yeah. And he said, no, he wasn't oh. interested because he saw no angle on the, on the, on the band. And we've known, I've known Stuart since, Oh my God, since we were in, Oh, before the band, before our bands. So I've known him for over 20 years and um, we're good friends, but he said no out blank because he did another book on broken social scene, which is an okay. indie rock band. And it was an oral history. So yes, this was, yeah, it was from him, another oral okay. history. Okay. And maybe it's cause he didn't want to, you know, he could, he didn't want to do the whole oral history and chase down a whole bunch of people again. But um, then he called me back and he goes, I figured out an angle and the angle was how we are perceived as this kind of band. We were a band that went on tour with Nickelback and Turbo Negro. Um, you know, we, we, we can get played on the radio, but then we have all this kind of underground cred or history. And there's these two worlds that most of these bands never kind of cross contaminate. And so we've, we've managed to do that. And um, so, so many was, things come to mind. I wanted to interrupt that entire fucking sentence, dude. <laughs> I wanted to like just because, I mean, you guys play with like, you know, Motorhead and Saxon. You guys have played with, I don't even know. Your Guns and friend, Roses. Your friend Rolling with, Stones. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like the Rolling but, Stones. But Death Angel and uh, your friends with Sepultura guys and your. It I I I can't even I'm not gonna name drop any more than that I don't need to so you're the angle was there he just had to sleep on it yeah so yeah. that's it took a I don't know how long it was a week or two but then then he was like no I got it I got the angle I got I got the thing so it wasn't as if he shut us down he just couldn't figure I, it out I really learned a lot about this because you know uh, you know in the times that you and I have actually hung out in person. Uh, I always kind of felt like I was sort of interviewing you, but you you kind of shut that down right away because you were asking me shit too. So, oh man, are you kidding me? Like hang, total hangout, I, right? And yeah, uh, I think it's a mutual thing. I think yeah. you are one of the uh, greatest. I don't want to say hard rock. I don't want to say heavy metal. I think you are one of the greatest all around heavy music singers in music today uh you are in a special i put you in a special <laughs> kind of category you and bjorn street from soil work the two of you i i'm like how i don't know how they fucking do it but i don't know how you guys do it but you, you just gotta practice your cartoon voices bro <laughs> no but it's not it's not a matter of 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 coming up with the tone you you, you guys can seamlessly best whatever genre that you decide to slip into and uh yeah very inspiring 
Thank I you mean, very much. Especially, especially during the, this time of quarantine. And um, you're, you have come into my head because there's been times where you, you say yes to a quarantine with people and they go, they give you the song and you're like, well, that's not really my first choice, but I'm going to try. Yeah. And I go, well, what would Jason McMaster do? Wow. Wow. Well, I had to do this. Uh, well, I had to do this quarantine thing where they wanted to do a jam, uh, Judas Priest. No, they wanted to go from Motorhead to Judas Priest to Iron Maiden. Yeah, that's the uh, Charlie Benanti thing. Yeah, right. And so I had to. Fi- I had to. I of course I was going to say yes, but I was. Yeah. How am I going to do this? And it's like, well, how would Jason McMaster? Jason could tackle this. How am I going to do it? So you were in my head for for trying to figure out how to get through that. I, I didn't doubt you one moment. I watched that fucking thing like five times in a row. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I, it I, was super, I, super fun. You made it fun. You know, a bunch I, of guys standing in their living room playing, you know, co- I call them COVID videos, you know, because I did a COVID, videos, COVID videos. Yeah. Too, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, people are just standing around and they're, and Charlie's gotten really good at putting those together. Charlie has a couple of different cameras that, going at the same time so that's kind of a good idea i i haven't figured out how to do that yet but uh, i just you, where'd you shoot the, your your footage now that we're talking about these videos uh for that one that was different because we were in the middle of um recording power trio and luckily i was in the middle of recording vocals so i'm like oh i, I can do the video for this really easily so yeah. I, I i went early in the studio that day and i just did it before the session started were you just playing the audio back and then just like rocking to the camera sort of a thing or was? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's pretty cool. much That's smart. Yeah. yeah. Tell, tell, tell people what we're talking about so they can look it up on YouTube. Um, yeah. So I did this uh, metal quarantine with the guys from Sum 41, Dave and Tom from Sum 41. And the guy who put it together was Gene from Hank, Hank Von Helvete from Turbo Negro's bass player in his okay. band. So Gene reached out to me and got Dave and Tom from Sum 41. And then uh, Dave got Charlie. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was pretty wild. I am a huge Charlie Benanti fan. The guy, and, and, the and guy what is song? A, what oh, song yeah, yeah, medley, right? It's a medley. Uh, yeah, Electric Eye. I, I want to say Electric Eye. No, I want to say Overkill into Electric Eye into... Um, Murder at the murder, murder murders in the room. Murder in the room, murders in the room org. Right. Um, so it's a Deano thing, right. which I can do better than Dickinson. Like it's oh, a shit. little Me too. too. Yeah, <laughs> Dickinson's like a from another planet. He's, you know, the he's hanging out with the theater kids, right? They're right. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Exactly. The theater yeah. kids, even uh, though, I, like, it's funny. I can do Halford, but I can't do Dickinson. I can give Dickinson hell, but it's it's more hell. He's giving me hell. Uh, you can do I, Halford. I can't I can, do Halford. Can you can do Halford. Halford. Yeah, yeah, you can totally do Halford. Well, the and timber that's of, hard. The timber of my because uh, I'm not really a true tenor. Uh, I am like what I call a fake tenor, uh, and so I have like this third voice, which is like a kind of a Bon Scott thing yeah. and like steven yeah. tyler sings there on the break of his voice yeah. and adds the fry vocal to it and and i can do that so i can do the halford if i use that stuff right um and i know exactly what you're what you mean and what you're talking about yeah the 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 the, the theory of uh sort of uh fake it till you make it 
on vocal stylings. <laughs> the thing is, is you sort of have to warm up that middle that middle break right there, or it just sounds like a donkey, you know, because it's just a yeah. big crack, you know. Yeah. Um, I I really I wanted to just kind of so we finish up on this uh, this uh, too much trouble, a very oral history of Denko Jones. He did a really good job. Oh, yeah, Stuart did. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm not saying that because you insisted that you put me in here. I believe there's a picture <laughs> of both of us singing yeah. at South By, uh, which would have been like 2011? 10? 10? Yeah, 10 or 11. Yeah, yeah. 10. Yeah. Remember the cold snap? It was like five degrees. Yeah. That was yeah. The weirdest weather this In crazy. March in yeah, Texas. Yeah, spring break. Crazy. Yeah. Oh well, we're we're Canadian, so I was yeah, ready. Went, I had my yeah, leather jacket and everything. <laughs> you didn't care. It's like, wow, Texas, five degrees. Okay, whatever. Rock <laughs> so, Danko, we touched on this a minute ago, and I but I wanted to ask a little, delve a little deeper. So, I, I was looking at the bands that you've supported over the years, and I I have to say, you probably have the coolest list of bragging rights as far as bands you've opened for. <laughs> You mentioned Motorhead, you mentioned Guns N' Roses, you mentioned the Rolling Stones. I think you've done dates with Michael Monroe, who I love. Um, And a lot of people, a lot of a lot of maybe casual fans are under the impression that when you tour with somebody, you're always partying together and hanging out. But but the three of us know, you you know, you're kind of ships in the night and you might catch some time. So. Out of all those bands, uh, because they are all such cool bands, was there any rare moments where you got any social time with any of those, any of those guys during yeah. during the during the busy uh, touring schedule? Oh, absolutely! Like um, Guns N' Roses tour was with was before Duff and Slash rejoined, so it was uh, uh, who was it? It was. Um, um, Tommy from Re- yeah. from replacements and um, uh, Bumblefoot and mm-hmm. DJ Ashba yeah. uh, was on guitar. Richard Fortis is still in Guns N' Roses, but it was still like and Dizzy Dizzy Reed Dizzy. was in the band. Yeah, because Dizzy uh, Dizzy uh, contributed to this to one to both or one of these books. Yeah, yeah. So Dizzy was, um, yeah. So Dizzy was. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And yeah, we did some hang time. Like I got to hang out with Axl Rose um, three times on what the tour, and, like? and it that's that's a lot, man, yes. for a guy who's totally that reclusive. Yeah, um, it was amazing. So we did. Uh, it's a long story, if you guys don't mind. Go no. for it. Um, so I think it was like five shows into the Guns N' Roses tour, and I had I'd met everyone except Axl, and. Someone in Axel's or the Guns N' Roses camp came up to me and said, Axel wants to meet you tonight, tonight, after the show. And this was in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And I go, oh, that's great. I mean, I would love to meet, I would love to meet Axel. And we were on tour. It was Guns N' Roses, Sebastian Bach, and us. And um, so I'm on side stage with Sebastian Bach, and we're just watching the show. And someone says, someone else in the camp, a different person says, uh, you're going on stage to sing Night Train. Uh, you and Sebastian are going on. Well, Sebastian and Axel, sorry, they... I'm sorry. So this is before you had gone to hang with Axel. That's right. Okay. So okay. I'm okay. supposed to meet him after the show. 
Okay. This is during the show. Someone comes up to me. You and Sebastian are going on stage to sing Night Train. <laughs> and Sebastian, yet, Axel and, and Baz are close. They're, they're friends. Yes. Yeah, they, they know yeah. each other. Like uh, yeah. that's it's all, Sebastian's already been on stage a couple of times already during the tour. And he's Canadian. Uh, and he's Canadian. Yeah. And that's another thing. Totally. Yeah. It was wicked. Um, meeting him and hanging out with him. Because we were both from the same suburb, so that oh, was actually, wow. yeah. So that was extra Holy cool. Shit. Yeah. Um, so, so I said to the person, "No, I'm not supposed to go on stage to sing Night Train with <laughs> Guns and Roses. I'm supposed to meet Axel after the show. I he doesn't know who I am. I, I, I just I just see this I'm, person with a clipboard going. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, well, no, you're you're. Right. Hold on, hold on, I'm getting something. You're on the list. Yeah, you're you're going, you're going. (laughs) Yeah, and it was a different person. So I thought maybe there was some, you know, uh, misunderstanding. So I kept saying, no, I'm not going. I don't understand. I know what's going on here. That's good. And so they kick into like night train. You know how it starts down, 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 down. And Baz is already on stage. You know, he grabs the mic, he runs on stage and he's doing his Sebastian Bach thing. And I'm still on the side of the stage. Oh, no. And I'm still saying no. And then finally, before, you know, I think, I think he started the first verse already. Someone just yells at me. You get the fuck on stage. <laughs> you got in trouble. I was like, all right, man, fine. I'm going to go on stage and we're going to get kicked off this tour because Axel's going to think I'm bum rushing the show, which he has every right to think because he doesn't know me. I'm not getting in trouble here. I am not. the. Re- I swear to God, I was thinking this as I was walking on stage. I am not the reason why we're getting kicked off. <laughs> Um, and so I, 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 I'm just like, you know, I see Baz, Baz sees me and we do a high five. And I think the first thing that I think is, okay, cool. If Axel saw me be cool with Baz, then I'm cool. <laughs> right. So I give him a high oh, five man. and I'm giving a, and Baz is a guitar player at the time. I can't remember his name. He was also called on stage. Mm-hmm. So he was there and I gave him a, like, I gave him a nudge. Yeah, man. Cause we'd already kn- knew each other. And uh, I, you know, I think Fortis saw me and Bumblefoot. They were, yeah, hey, what's up? I'm like, okay, cool. I'm cool with the band. Yeah. And then I, I see, I feel this, like someone touches me. I turn around and it's Axel. Holy and he just, shit. yeah, he just looks at me and he goes, yeah. And he runs off, he just zooms away. And I, then I started to like be cool. And I was like, okay. He was happy to see you. Yeah, and that's how we met. We were supposed to meet after the show, but we met on stage in Saskatoon, whatever, arena. Uh, that's where I met Axel. And after that, I felt pretty comfortable singing the rest of Night Train. Okay. Um, and But I realized as the tour went on, there is nothing that happens on that stage that Axel doesn't know is happening. Nothing. Nothing. Um, uh, that's That sounds... Like he knows what he wants and he's the ultimate pro and doesn't like surprises. Yeah. And I, you know, I thought I was surprising him, but I wasn't. And then there was another time on the tour we were playing in Quebec. I can't remember the city, but it was in the province of Quebec. And uh, someone walked into our dressing room and said, 
you're singing uh, Paradise City tonight with you and Baz are singing Paradise City. You're taking, you know, whatever verse it was. And Baz is taking this verse and you're going to do it. The three of you. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yes. Okay. We're, it's on. So for the whole rest of the day, up until the very last minute of the show, I knew everyone knows the song and I knew the verse, but I just kept singing it over and over and over again in my head. And so it's me and Baz. We have our uh, uh, wireless mics that we're given um, and we're ready. We're side stage and they kick into Paradise City yet again. We're here. We're ready. And they're holding us back. They're like holding us back. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. And I'm looking at Axel trying to look at the stage and he's not looking back at us. He's just doing his Axel thing and they're waiting, they're waiting. And then I don't know what, what signal Axel gave them, but they go, no, it's a no go. It's not happening tonight, guys. <laughs> and that was it. And we never and then I looked at Sebastian and Sebastian just like shrugged his shoulders and he's like, you know, and that was it. And, and that was, and that was all. And, and then I realized, yeah, nothing happens on that stage that Axel is not aware of. Like somehow, I don't know what it was, but he gave them the signal. No go. Yeah. We can only guess that yeah. there, there's a high sign he gives. And if he doesn't give it, fuck you. Yeah. He right. Wasn't feeling it that night, I guess. Right. Yeah, it was, so, it was. So, did you ultimately get to spend some time off stage as as was originally planned, and get yeah. to hang out and talk? And what was that like? Three was, times, Dave. Three. Yeah, times, it was amazing. Uh, that night in Saskatoon, so I'd already met him on stage that night. Me, Sebastian, and Axel hung out, and there's all there's a lot of people in the room too, and uh, Axel was just basically holding court telling story after story after story. And you can imagine like the heaviness of each story. Yeah. It's just, it was like, uh, you know, how him and Izzy wrote welcome to the jungle, how I can't remember now if it was either Sean Penn or Robert De Niro wanted to beat him up and the other kind of held them back. Um, like shit, like that kind of level of story, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, so uh shield he was hanging out with shields and yarnell somewhere i mean i'm just like what like these are incredible stories and that's how it was like yeah it was insane it wow. was yeah and he i do believe he played a track from some track that i, I like i don't know if it was off chinese democracy because chinese democracy had already been released but yeah. i don't know if it was a track off the album or never released and he played it to us and uh wow. yeah it was just it was just wild it was just it's it, it's a it's a different environment when you're when you're in axel's um orbit yeah orbit orbit yeah his yeah. orbit you could feel it immediately um yeah it's, it's pretty wild pretty so, wild so i'm guessing you know the same must be true with the rolling stones tell us about that experience because that's just that's crazy that's that's every band's dream is to yeah. open for the stones how did that come about and what was it like and 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 was there any rare moments with the stones well how it came about um is totally off the record i can't say it on the record but i could tell you guys off the record but we did end up on the show and we didn't get to meet them 
but um you know uh charlie watts i remember charlie watts looking at our drummers drum kit just couldn't believe that he was playing a beat up piece of trash like i mean you're talking about a charlie watts of the stones looking at this disgusting beat up drum kit that was playing it in Sault Ste. Marie, the armpit of our province, like three days ago in some fucking bar slash billiard hall. And Charlie Watts two days later is looking at it going, Oh my God, like you play this. I remember that. And um, I also remember we were told everyone was told uh, during the stone sound check. This is a, this is a club that can hold about, 1200 people oh, wow. and and so that's what we we opened them we opened up and it was the first show of their 40 licks tour so it was kind of like a like a a practice slash you know rehearsal warm-up gig warm-up gig yeah. production yeah. rehearsal yeah and mm -hmm. um uh so unbeknownst to me i didn't hear anybody say this uh they told everybody to stand in the back while the stones did sound check. I didn't hear that. Mm. Our gear was in the right in the front of the stage, not in the front, but like kind of past the midpoint near the stage. And so I just like, we had driven all night. I didn't sleep at all. We had me and our drummer at the time had a huge fight, like huge that the night before we got the gig, because we just got it like last minute. And we didn't, we didn't sleep. We drove all night back home just to make the, the gig back home in Toronto. And so I was so burnt out. I was sitting on our amps and the stones were doing hot stuff at sound check. And I just started bawling like a kid. I just started bawling. I couldn't believe that like my, one of my favorite bands, if not, yeah, one of my like top five favorite bands and everyone's favorite band was sound checking in front of me. I, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, I, I mean, I'm getting emotional now. I was fucking blown away. I was like, I started bawling like a, you were, like a baby. You were, you were feeling that right. I mean, it could, might as well have been the Beatles. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. It, it might as well have been the Beatles. Doesn't matter. It was, it was just, it was too much. And um, that night, so Toronto is like kind of like Hollywood North. There's always movies being shot in Hall in Toronto, at least like even to this day during the pandemic, there's all kinds of movies being shot here. So stones are playing anyone in the Hollywood a and B list who are in town. So there was Kate Hudson at the gig. Dennis Quaid was at the gig and um, what's her face. <laughs> What's her face? The uh, Steven Tyler's uh, daughter. Liv. Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler was there. <laughs> I didn't see them, but everybody who was there was saying that those were the three people there. Mm -hmm. And then nobody told me, but every Ford model at the Ford modeling agency in the, in the Toronto branch was invited and showed up to the gig. I didn't know. So I was, we had played and we, I was just like, you know, wow, we played, we toweled off, we're getting ready for the stones. And I'm looking around, I'm like, how is it? I've been to shows in Toronto my whole life. And I have never been to a show where I have seen the most amount of not just hot women, like 
ridiculously over the top hot women i've never like what is going on and then someone told me um they're all from the ford modeling agency they're all they heard they heard danko jones was in town right bro i was gonna say i was was just like like okay so that's the hottest girl i've ever seen not just like at a show like in the city ever and then you look oh wait no wait a minute that's the hottest. Like it was like that. Wow. And uh, I Follow the that. yellow brick road. It gets sweeter as you go. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, it blew my mind until someone said, Oh, they're all from Ford. And so uh, then I was like, Oh, right. I'm at a stones gig. Right. Of course. I should have known that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Cause I just, you know, you just lapse into like, Oh, a gig, you know? Yeah. And we've all been to a gig where like, Oh yeah, and it's a lot of it. Considering the kind of music we all like, it's always sausage parties for the most part. So when yeah. there's like a really pretty girl, it's kind of like wow, wow. But no, there was like 150 of them. Right. Well, I've was, still never been to a show like that. You were, and they you were, were more of the show than the sh- the, the band. So some kind of panic attack starting to happen until someone no dude it's cool it's the they're just a bunch of models so don't yeah. worry there's no oh. chance of any of them wanting to talk to us That's right just, right it was like just, that just pretend that they're mirage yeah you know? it, it was that when someone told me they were all models i was like oh okay like okay like oh that, i need I, to settle this, down i need to yeah. just yeah, stop yeah there's throw it no out the way wall. right <laughs> Awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. I don't know yeah. what to, that's pretty. That's pretty funny. I, uh, there's a few points that I'm taking away from this. I love it that you got emotional. I love that. Oh, yeah. but then I had to turn around and go to the back of the room where all the other guys are. And I can't let them see that I was bawling. Here's so I had to like, right. I to, you know, do yeah. one of those things. You had to towel off, right? You towel off. Exactly. Yeah. Suck it up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then I and then I love it that uh, that you couldn't figure out if, why you were like you know on a planet uh, planet P with Barbarella and her sisters, and then, like, <laughs> and then you had to be told, no, dude, calm down. What the hell do you think, man? They're from yeah. a modeling agency. You know, <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Smack you around a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, and all off all the off the record stuff. I'll tell you guys later. Oh okay. great! Yeah, nice. that's that. That's fine. Uh, whatever you're feeling, that's cool. <laughs> Listen, I um, I, I, I feel like I want to confess a couple of things while while we have you on the Talk Louder podcast. First off, uh, we sweat blood is my favorite record. Do you, oh man! Do you hear that a lot? No. No, you don't? not at all. Really? No, no. Because I'm not alone. There's a certain circle, every member of Broken Teeth, that that is with me on this. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that, you know, I got a white Cadillac. You know, I, I, I'm going to go backwards, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, you know that already. I'm a total fan. I, I like everything you do. But what were you, there's a few of us that need to know. What were you eating for breakfast when you wrote those songs? Because that's what I want to eat every fucking day. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, to be honest with you, those um, We Sweat Blood and Sleep is the Enemy weren't 
the easiest albums to make because we were so under the gun with touring commitments and we didn't have enough material. Um, there's a couple of songs there that were pulled from like old ideas because we just didn't have enough. And I remember, you know, desperately trying to write the album and not knowing, not having enough riffs, you know, and we learned from that with these, with all the records we do now um, to be more prepared, but yeah, it, yeah, we were, maybe it was just, we were just so under the gun. We just had to get, we had to write something. Wow. That's interesting that you had this sort of, for lack of a better term, fear that you, it wasn't going to like uh, grow legs because you didn't, you felt ill-prepared and that it, ha it be such a stomping monster. Yeah. No, it, it, I'm it just, is, so, uh, it's a mean ass record. Yeah. Oh, is. thanks man. It was done in like in a studio that wasn't really a studio. We were kind of the um, guinea pigs of the okay. studio. Mm -hmm. So we got a, a, a discounted rate. Um, I don't think that even exists anymore. Uh, the studio and we, we mixed it and mastered it at Polar Studios, which is where in Stockholm, where, um, Zeppelin did in through the outdoor and oh. ABBA recorded all their albums. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. Did you track the record there in Stockholm as well? No, it was tracked oh. in Toronto at this like kind of makeshift okay. uh, studio, but then we did a few tracks, like since we were all there, um, uh, in Stockholm with the mixer and, and the producer, right. uh, there is, you know, there, I think I did, uh, I know we did vocals there for a couple of tracks and Dragon from the Backyard Babies, you know, you just mm -hmm. drove over there to the studio and did backup vocals. But um, I think I laid down some guitar that needed to be done very quickly. But that's about the tracking we did. Mm -hmm. um, but we just mixed and mastered it there. My, wow. my son loves uh, Code of the Road. He's 13 now. And when that came oh. out, he was probably... I don't know how old is that two or three years now maybe maybe more than that oh god it's uh, never too loud right yeah, yeah so yeah. it's like yeah 14 old 14 years old now oh my god yeah, so, yeah. let me let me look okay. at the uh the scribes here never too loud is 2008. oh yeah so, okay yeah. so so he got turned on to 13. it after the fact but he was listening to it in my car and he got hooked on that uh that album actually Code of the Road, of course, being the opening track and being super catchy and hooky, but that whole album got a uh, constant rotation in my car every time me and oh, my wow. would go out. Uh, King of Magazines is another great one. I mean, that that's that uh, We Sweat Blood is probably my favorite Danko record, but uh, Never Too Loud is pretty good, man. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, yeah that was. Um, the the influence I can hear the in, I want to talk about your influences and uh, after we, uh, you know, kind of go down a couple of more records. But I feel like uh, uh, Code of the Road also the video you had uh, you Four had some teams. guest stars in there. Yeah, that's right. Jim yeah. was in there. Yeah, I totally the forgot bus, about that. The bus driver. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was in town. Yeah. Uh, he just happened to be in town for. Um, uh what's that comedy uh it was with him and and uh sal and a couple of stern guys and mm. um uh beetlejuice was there they're they're on tour, tour. and so jim was was in town so we were like hey you want to be in our video 
And so he was like, yeah, he that had nothing else. To do. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun that he was in it. Oh man. I totally forgot he was in it. Cause I was like, how could you forget yes. that Jim Florentine? Was no, I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> special dude, special ed was in your video. And exactly. You, yeah. That special ed drive the bus. <laughs> was it a short bus? Sorry. It was a, Sorry. yeah, it was a, um, yeah, it was, a, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I totally forgot about it. I totally sure, forgot. it was a good yeah. time. You know, so we, hanging out with Jim, sometimes you get some free ones. You know, it t- tells you some free jokes. And <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, can't, we can't have the two of you together on, on this podcast without talking about uh, Viva La Rock Fantastico. Mm. Uh, Broken Teeth record uh, that Danko did guest vocals on two tracks. So tell us how you guys, tell us how that came about and uh, just share some of that experience. Because uh, I Viva... I, I, I flip a coin and it's different every day, but Viva stands up as one of Broken Teeth's strongest albums in my opinion. Uh, I agree. I totally agree. I mean, there's, yeah. It's, so it's how, did, how did you, obviously you guys were friends and connected and all that, and but you're in Canada, Jason's in Austin. Uh, I, I, but then you did do the video where you're walking down the street with a handheld camera. And, one of uh, my favorite videos I've ever done. Yeah, it's it's like punk rock, man. He, it's low. He killed it. He killed it. I I I love the song. I love the video. I love what Danko did on that. But uh, I I don't like my footage because I couldn't find. I didn't know where to look. I didn't know where the where the camera eye was on the stupid stick. And Danko's looking right at it, and he's just spinning around. <laughs> and he's looking right at it the whole time. And if you watch that fucking video, you can see me kind of like. Where do I look? Yeah. Where do I look? Where and do Jason, I look? Jason, so I kind Jason's, of fucked up my own video. Jason's probably trying not to trip over a curb at the same time, you know. So well, you, yeah, yeah, we were walking around and all this stuff in the parking lot. It was wild. I honestly, I thought it was one of the most fun videos, and it took about as long as it took to film it to watch it. Yeah. 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 So, did you film that on Red River? Is were you guys walking down Red uh, River Street? It was Seventh and uh, like Trinity. Okay, uh, so it's downtown uh, Austin. It was the Rock Fest. Yeah. So, so yeah. Danko, how did you come to be uh, to appear on those two tracks on that record? Did you did you send in your vocals via email, or how did that work out? I believe I did. Mm-hmm. I believe I did, and I think I recorded it through. Um. Um, our guy Vic, uh, Vic Florentia, right. Vic Florentia, he he engineered my vocals for Broken Teeth, and he was actually the mixer for We Sweat Blood. So he 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 mixed We Sweat Blood see in how, Polar see how that in Stockholm. Out. That's yeah. full. Uh, that's full nice. circle there. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I hit up Vic for for when I I do um, vocals and stuff. I haven't hit him up since the pandemic, obviously, but but uh, hopefully I, I will soon. Um, but yeah, hey, for that one, I hey, did Danko, too. When we're done with this, you should call your friend Vic. <laughs> just, just reach out. Just reach out, though. You know, yeah. I just want to call and say hi. Oh yeah, we're 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 in touch. I mean, he's oh he's, good. Okay. He's our yeah. He's our he's our bro. Um, okay. So so yeah, like I I think I did it with Vic, and um, it was two songs, and yeah, we I think we hit them both in one session. Yeah, and the songs are the title track "Viva La Rock Fantastico," yeah. and the other is "Big Spender," right. I believe. I I, I, I love yes. that song. I love Big that Spender. song. So anyone out there listening that uh, has Broken Teeth's uh, "Viva La Rock" at home, 
next time you spin it, take an extra listen to those songs because Danko's in the background or right there alongside Jason singing vocals with him. Yeah, he has his own verse. It's That's Danko on the second verse. And then in Big Spender, I was planning on doing the same thing, but you followed my uh, suggested, you followed the lines in Jared, uh, guitar player who producer of Broken Teeth, he liked it. He liked us just kind of gang vocaling all the way, so he, we just left Big Spender like that. Yeah, um, yeah those right. were the last two. This is kind of a little nugget. Those were the last two songs uh, that I wrote for those sessions, and we were we had a shit ton of material, and we because we had been on the road a lot, and I was writing in the back of the bus. You know, just had a little thing and plugged the guitar in, headphones, just writing, drum machine, blah blah blah. We we were in the you know tons of material I don't know thirty songs and we're wow. in the studio and I it was like we were only going to be in there like another we had, we'd been in there a couple of weeks we were only going to be in there for another because we were flushing out what song we're trying to pick songs right yeah and uh, one night I was so mid session I guess we had like maybe ten more days or something. And, Man, I just picked up a guitar and those two songs hit me like a hammer. Both of those two songs. And when Jared heard them, he was like, well, those have to be on the record. You should call Danko. I'm like, what, what, are, you, what are you talking about? You got to ask Danko if he'll, he'll sing on one of these. And I go, well, if I'm going to reach out to him to be on one of them, I'm going to go, how many would you like to do? <laughs> oh, shit. I'll do all of them. Yeah. Here, I'm just going to mic. Yeah, oh, I was I was ready. And then you did it live. You did it. You we we kind of that South by Southwest gig, which is where we shot the video for Viva. We you came up with Broken Teeth and did that song live. Yeah, yeah, I remember that too. There's, I mean, the 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 photo is is in the in our book, right? Yeah, the photo yeah. from that, right? Yep. Yeah. So yeah. there, there's another, um, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I, I think there's another Danko Broken Teeth connection. And um, Broken Teeth uh, had a had a T-shirt and a hoodie design where the oh. artwork was done by Away, the, the drummer for Voivod. And Jason, if I'm correct, uh, has told me that that happened because of your friendship with Away and somehow you made that connection happen. And uh, anybody that's bought, uh, been to the Broken Teeth website and has and has bought a T-shirt or a hoodie or whatever, I'm talking specifically about the design that sort of I call it the marching pitchforks because it's kind right. of it's almost that's a what pink, I, it's, it's kind of a pink that's perfect because that's what it's called, Dave. It's a it's 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 obviously <laughs> a ways artwork, right? So, or so army, Danko, army of pitchforks, but the marching pitchforks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the it's the design that's not the skull with the lightning bolts. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so um, so Danko, tell us how uh, number one how you obviously you and uh, and the Voivod guys are both from Canada, but how did you become friendly with the with Voivod and uh, specifically Away, and then how did you bridge that gap to where we ended up with uh, broken teeth T-shirts with Away's artwork on them? Um, funny you bring that up. I was just wearing it like two, three days ago, um, the Broken Teeth Away you're wearing shirt. You're wearing Away's artwork right now. I thought I saw that when you... Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Can, you, can you show us your... Yeah, your Probot. Yeah. Probot. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's Away's art right there. 
and I, I it glares on the thing, but I would show you the a ways artwork is right there too. Oh, so. I'm I'm sure yeah. there's yeah, we've got a ways art. Everyone has a ways art. Yeah. Yeah. And if they yeah. don't, they're missing out. Yeah. It's well, I mean one of a kind. I, I you know, he I think people are just too scared to ask him, but he he's more than willing to do artwork for I think he really enjoys it and wants to do more. Um it's just I think people automatically assume it's just for Voivod. I mean, when he did our he did our t-shirt designs too, and he said, Well, what do you want me to do? I go, do Voivod, man. <laughs> like make wow. it look Voivodian, you know? Yeah. So yeah, well, I, I saw uh, this will kind of answer Dave's question. I was trying to bite my tongue, but I think the you sent me a Danko Jones patch. And it had a way, it was a way, a way. It said Danko Jones, it's a ways art. Do you recall? Uh, I don't like remember that, that although okay. I don't rule it out either. I yeah. can't remember. And I, and I asked you about it. Oh, shit, that's a ways art. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's a friend of mine. I was like, hey, well, do you think that you could, like, maybe see if he could... <laughs> Yeah. Some broken teeth and you were like oh my god yeah here's his email address just fucking do it and it was like that easy <laughs> yeah you, it were, was that you easy. were basically oh yeah you were just like you don't need me here you go but i did yeah. i think you did the introduction via email and it was oh totally it was done like that and i just emailed him what i wanted and he just whipped it right out so yeah he's and he's a wicked guy and really nice down-to-earth dude i mean i met him Years and oh geez, twenty two years ago, I don't even remember I, now. I opened, but, yeah. I opened for Voivod in eighty six. Wow, that's unbelievable! It was, it was Watchtower, Voivod, and Celtic Frost. Oh my God, that <laughs> Jesus Christ! Into the Pandemonium <laughs> tour. Oh, I do like that album. So it was Piggy. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, yeah, like over the years, between the four original dudes, I've had different encounters and with, them, you know, being so close, even though they're in another province, like, mm -hmm. you know, Canadian heavy music will eventually meet up if you if you want it to. Yes. And I wanted to meet, you know, Voivod and stuff. So eventually I met all four guys individually. And I have to say, um, but, I mean, Blackie was in and out, but I mean with the way piggy and snake how i met those guys was oh my god incredible like just each one was just the best way to meet them um and piggy was the the best too like because we played in montreal and one of the roadies for the club was said um uh do you do you like uh, voivod and i go yeah oh i know i think it was um it, it, it was already known that I liked Voivod because oh, okay. uh, there was, we opened for Snake's band, his solo band uh, previously. And so the next time we came, the, the this roadie guy knew that I liked Voivod and he goes, um, you like Voivod, um, Piggy's coming tonight. And he's coming to see you guys because he loves your band. And I was like, are you? are you fucking kidding? How does that, <laughs> what? I, I didn't even know how that, how does that work? Um, and so 
you know, you're supposed to stay in the dressing room and just, you know, kind of, that's what I do. I stay in the dressing room and I'm just getting ready for the show. But knowing that Piggy was coming to the gig, I pretty much staked out the, um, the door. I was, I, I, I just creeping. was right at the door. Yeah. I was just at creeping, the door. Yeah. People coming to see us were walking in going, Oh, hi. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, the guy that, you know, is singing in the band is right there. But I would, I would be like, yeah, yeah, hi, hi. You're hi. out front wearing yeah. your Superman suit instead of your Clark <laughs> Kent suit. <laughs> exactly. And I, I was just kind of like, yeah, hi. Yeah, I'll, I'll see you on stage later. And I was just waiting till. And then when Piggy That's came in, I just did a beeline for him. I'm like, holy cow, I'm a big fan. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, awesome. we ex- exchanged uh, contact and. You know, there's some photos from that meeting as well. And I, you could tell I'm in, you know, seventh heaven meeting yeah. Piggy. And Beautiful. that was amazing. Yeah. yeah. All those guys are so amazingly nice. And just they really everything that you want when you grow up, you know, loving a band. And especially because it's, you know, Canadian, there's an extra kind of thing. Like, you know, they're doing the thing for the country type, you know, yeah. vibe. And, sure. Well, yeah. and they're they're the real deal. They they created their own everything. Yeah, their everything. Own, yeah, yeah, they're their own. They're their own thing. There's not another band like that. Um, Watchtower is comparable by that way yeah. that we created our own thing, and it goes and goes and goes. But it's not it doesn't happen all the time. And uh, the only piggy story I have is. Uh, we're it's sound check or something and he's holding remember those guitars he he made those fucking guitars yeah, they look like crazy. those and they look like weapons yeah and i'm and I'm like standing there glass. yeah and i'm just standing there with my my you know drooling and i'm just going holy shit look at these things and he's just warming up and there's a couple laying around and i'm like what you know uh uh blackie's bases whatever right because he made all that shit yeah lower like, bass yeah what and 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 he's like kind of like smiling, you know. He's he's digging it that I'm, and I'm like, uh, me, I had some friends with me, and I'm like, where, where would one get one of these? And he, he <laughs> they were they were it was so early. I mean, '86. Their their English was still a little bit broken. It wasn't yeah. as fluent as you know the other guys have now. But he was just like, I make, I make. And I was yeah. like, you make? And he's like, I make. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, that's all, that's, yeah, it's all I needed to know. It, yeah. It was, I, I was a, I was a bigger fan after that. Wow. I, yeah. My, uh, my very first stage dive was a Voivod concert on the Dimension Hatros tour. <laughs> I can't say that. Dimension Hatros. It was mm-hmm. in a club in San Antonio, and I got on stage and did my very first stage dive. I was very nice. proud of that. Were you caught? Did they catch you? I was caught. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I did Does not Danko, hit the floor. Thanks. Danko Jones do stage dives? Yeah, but I stopped when I was not caught. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> fell on my back, and I was like, "I'm done." And I think it was during a, like a COC. I think. Oh, oh wow yeah i used so, to do them i used to do them as well but i think i just wanted us oh yeah i got old yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> i mean I, I was like ah oh, oh, that's so yeah. um danko i've always thought your name was really cool so and, and this is a geeky nerdy question but this is a geeky nerdy podcast so 
Uh, what are the origins of your name, Danko? Where did that come from? Is that a family name or? I don't know. It's just, it's just my name. I mean, there's really, I've been asked that many times. Yeah. Um, and I don't really have an answer to it. Well, I think it's a cool name and I was just good for, on behalf of myself and our fans, I wanted to know if there was any interesting story behind it. I, or just, I wish uh, I had one for you. You just got lucky and had a cool name. <laughs> no, I, I, I wish I had something for you. So, no, so no here's, here's another nerdy no question behind that at all. No, but speaking of a way he did, um, baptize me. My Voivodian name is Dankoid. Hey, Ooh. there you go. <laughs> I think with Voivod, I, I if like you it. add oid to anything, it's yeah, yeah. Voivod. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think Jason Newstead's uh, Voivodian name was Jasonic. That's right. Jasonic. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So uh, another nerdy question. Um, your 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 look is very distinctive. You, you your guys in your band, you all dress in all black, and and you've got the shaved head. Uh, was there ever a time in your earlier days when you had long hair and you were a metalhead, or do you, do you, yeah. when, when did you stop growing your hair and shaving your head? Uh, I I grew my hair when I was in uh, just about to graduate high school, my last year of high school, into my first year in university, and I just kept rolling it up into a ball and putting it under a baseball hat, and then finally I'm like, well, look, this is so much work. Yeah, I don't know how you guys do it. And that it started to dread. I just refused to like bother combing it out because that's what you had to do. I don't know how you guys do it. And then it just dreaded. And there was like one huge dread and then two <laughs> other ones. And uh, I was done. And I remember when I, so I, I was going to school and I got off the bus because I, I drove, the bus drove by um, uh, a hair salon. And I was just like, fuck it. I got off the bus and I walked right in and I missed my first period um, just because I wanted, I just wanted it off. And when she cut it off, it was just her and, and me in the whole salon. So luckily, cause I noticed I had huge bald spots um, from the dreading. And I oh, started, right. to, I started to cry oh, at, no. in the hair salon. I'm like, Oh my God. And she's, She's like, no, it's going to grow back. She's like consoling me. And, uh, and sure enough, by like the next day it started, I could see that it was, you know, it was going back and stuff like that, but that was traumatic. And that's, so I did have long hair, but I, I realized like, oh man, I, I just don't have the patience to, to the maintenance is just too much, man. I don't know how you do it. Well, I, I, Jason will tell you, I used to have hair, pretty much down halfway down my chest. And then I realized at one point that I'm spending 90% of my life with it in a ponytail. Yeah, exactly. And and I live in Texas where it's frigging a hundred degrees, you know, six months out of the year. And so I just cut it, you know, cut it off and have kept it more like at this length ever since. But, you know, sometimes it just takes a while for people to just get smart. And I just haven't reached that point in my life yet. <laughs> so the way that I heard about Dinko Jones, um, I've told D this this story before. Um, Broken Teeth was starting to get more overseas fans, just some emails and stuff, and uh, we had in you know terrible distribution, but good enough to where some people were hearing about the band. 
And, um, I mean, Jim Florentine heard about the band on his own, and he was in New Jersey. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> to get to my story, it must have been at least 2002. <clears throat> and I know that it had to be at least 2002 because uh, I got an email just through the website or whatever. Um, uh, a woman by the name of Allison Murray from yes. Edinburgh, Scotland, <clears throat> sends me just, you know, oh, found broken teeth, love it. Oh, my God, love that style. Da, 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 da. And I thank you. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Let me know, you know, make sure, you know, stay in touch, right? So just out of like, you know, just chat, you know, it's like, uh, we go see this guy from Canada, Danko Jones, and, and we love him. And telling me just like just foaming at the mouth about being a Danko fan. And I'm like, sorry, I don't, you're cooler than me. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know what is the Danko Jones, right? And so she burns me some CDs. Um, and it was Born a Lion and I think something else. It was something. Like, uh, I'm alive and on fire. Maybe that's right. That's yeah, right. And that's no. not in this your discography in this book either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, that's beside the point. So I get a, I'm alive and on fire, and I get uh, and they're burned CDs. So you know they're handwritten. I may still have them, dude. Uh, and so, but she also puts in the first darkness release. Right. It might have been an EP or something. And, uh, had get your hands off of my woman motherfucker and it had some other stuff and um so I, I go to the p.o box i open it up and i'm like holy shit you know what i mean so for whatever reason i put the darkness in and I, i'm just trying to not have any expectation whatsoever and the darkness comes on and the guy starts singing and i i i, I almost had a wreck uh I, I ejected it and threw it out the window <laughs> and I don't have a problem saying that. Uh, next up, I just grabbed one of the other ones, which was Danko Jones. I don't remember which one. And it was the complete opposite. The, the shit lived in my CD player for months and months and months. And I turned everyone in the world I, that were in front of me, yelling out the window, whoever would listen to me freak out on this new band Danko Jones I started to come up with a Danko jo Jones army in at least my vicinity where right. I was you were going to hear about <laughs> motherfucking Danko Jones it's true and it's and true. everybody around here knows that and they're like yeah okay we know yeah we know and so <laughs> I immediately you know that night I think I got home and I and I just emailed Allison back and I think it was all caps and I was just like oh my god <laughs> you know and uh and she's like I knew it I knew that you were gonna totally right away and she started talking about all these gigs that you went to at a club called King Tut's oh uh, yeah King Tut's yeah had it yeah. right so yeah. does this sound like 2002 to you uh yeah uh 2002 we played king tuts on the born aligned tour for sure so yeah, absolutely what year is it right now it's almost 2020 yeah man it's gonna be 2022 oh, yeah yeah Ooh, crazy. What, where did the decades go i don't know man. because i feel like that moment was yesterday 
for I don't know if Same that's how me. rock I don't know if if that's how rock and roll works, but I think it that it is. That yeah. I still have that that electricity, that feeling. I still have it every time I hear those songs. And you know, and, and we all know as fans that that's how our brain works. That's how our music works. We remember the smell. We remember where we were, what we were driving, when a certain song comes on. And I just had to tell that story because Allison's like a hero. Because just because she knew that it's like, oh shit. Well, I'll throw in the darkness too. And I'm like, I still can't deal with the darkness. I just can't. I, I can vouch for that story because I'm one of the people that Jason was like in I, my ear going. I probably Thank called you. I called you that night, probably. Oh my god, I just Well then then know. you either gave me the burn. Uh, CDs that you speak of or else you made burn copies of those because I still have them in my collection the alive and on I'm alive and on fire and then I have a, a, a one that just says Danko Jones 2002 and they're over there in my CD collection okay. well and Danko, I'm uh, sorry that I bootlegged your shit oh no Are you uh, kidding? it was for a good cause because then I became a fan and started buying the proper CDs and going to the concerts and, and then I became one Dude. of the blabber you know Blabber people yes. that wouldn't stop talking yes. about Danko. The Danko you know. army. So anyway, yeah, yeah. so it wasn't long after that. I see Turbo Negros coming through Austin playing. Yeah, oh three, I think. Okay. Yeah. So not long after this is all happening, like month, just a couple of months later, and I see in small letters Danko Jones, and I think I like did a backflip, and I was just like, <laughs> I don't know what a Turbo Negro is. <laughs> oh wow i don't and they're not on my radar i don't i, I am i in trouble by saying i don't get it I don't, no no i i, I mean being, I, I love that i love turbo negro and no, we were opening did. for him we yeah, were opening yeah, for him. yes yeah. yes yes so i go to the show and all i can think about is danko jones i don't even care about turbo Neg is it i mean i just feel like one of those people you know it's like you know i'm here to see the opening band and then i'm leaving you know, it was one of those uh, uh, bad attitude. Well, I still have a bad attitude. So, anyway, uh, I, you know, I see the show and dude, don't take this the wrong way. And I know that you won't, but I feel like I have to say, cause I kind of feel bad when I say there's li only like 10 of us hugging the stage. I remember. And then there's like a space where there should be a pit or something. <laughs> and then there's people in the back, like, you know, Oh yeah, so I'm too cool to you know their back you know back, the backs facing you until their backs were not fit because I know how you are. Yeah, you draw you turn the haters around. Yeah, is this the show? Is this, is this the same show that you took me to? And I think this might be the night I met Danko on the sidewalk outside Emos and in yeah. Hong so I I walk in with a whole posse. And then yeah. I think I, I, I blew everyone off and just started following Danko around because after the show, you came in. You were walking around, and I was like, should I talk to him? Yeah, I, I remember when you came up to me, and I remember, and you were talking to me, and I was like, fuck, this, have I met this guy before? And then you said, you know, I was in Dangerous Toys, and, and then everything kind of jigsawed together, and I'm like, what? Like, what? Wow. Like tour in America is cool. <laughs> you know, that was what I, I thought, you know, but when, and, I was, uh, when I was in the front row, there was a guy right next to me who was going to college in like Houston or Dallas had, no, he, I'm sorry. He was in Austin 
from somewhere else. And he had driven to Austin to see the show. He knew all the words to all of your songs. And I'm like, rocking out, and I'm trying to grab the words that I know. And I'm looking at this guy whose shoulder is like, you know, we're, we're, in, we're together. You know, we're Siamese twins, Danko freaks, right? And I'm noticing that he knows every fucking word. And I'm, after your, your set, I'm like looking at him, hey, man, excuse me. Uh, how do you know who every what? And he's like, oh, I'm a huge fan. And I'm, I'm from, so I, don't, I wish I would have befriended the guy, but he knew all your shit. And he was a huge fan. And here I've just felt left out. I was like, damn. There's someone here who's a big old dank, bigger Danko fan than me. <laughs> Shit, I gotta up my game. You, you, Jason's touching on a on a point that I'd like to expand on here for just a minute because uh, we're, we're we're sitting here talking to Danko and he's a very humble, reserved, gentle you know personality. But oh my god, on stage, just forget about it. He's like a rabid animal, and like and like you said, Jason. It's like if if you're in that venue and you don't know who Danko Jones is, you're going to snap around and you're going to know who Danko Jones is by the time you leave. And it's almost like he's on a mission, you know. Oh, yeah. And it's just fierce. And that's well, that's the only word like I can I was, come up with. And a second ago, if you're there to hate because you're wearing a turbo Negro jacket or wh whatever, I'm just using them as a guinea pig. I don't mean any harm. And you're like, who's this opening band? I'm here to see the headliner. And you're with the cool kids. You turn around more than once and you're going, damn, this guy's fucking serious. At least one time. And that is a savior of rock and roll on the stage. Thank you, man. Thanks, guys. This is a uh, uh, wow. It's a lot to take in. Thank you. In my so eyes, in my eyes and where a lot of it was going. And it's part of the reason I, that me and uh, and Paul and Bruce formed Broken Teeth was there was a point around the. Or, or you know late 90s and early 2000s that you know new shit would come on the radio and people this is the new molly crew this is the new oh, yeah. roses this is the new dirty rock and roll this is the new you know eyeliner rock this is the new <laughs> and i would hear all these bands and buck cherry was one of those bands and there might have been a couple more and i was like and i i like some buck cherry i, like, I, like, yeah. I can rock out to some buck cherry they're a they're a bit of a powerhouse I'm, i have a couple of their records and I'm going, but this is it? Th this is what it's going to be like? And so I wanted to, like, you know, I mean, I was still doing Dangerous Toys, but it, it, we had waned quite a bit. And I had time on my hands, so it was I'm going to get my friends together and form another, uh, another episode, right? Do right. another avenue to uh, save the world of crappy rock. So, uh, you know, to fight out crappy rock, you know, so, uh, and then I, and then it wasn't long after that, that I heard Dinko Jones and I was like, and it has begun, right? <laughs> He's like, oh, there were, you know, there were volcanic, volcanic eruptions and, and things like that. I want to just like skid, like totally slam on the brakes and say, uh, you know, how did you, and, and I know the answer to this, but what was the band, the record, the radio station, the DJ, the, the 45, the, 
that made you that made you that made you wake to like you see something and you're like oh my god i have to do this for the rest of my life what is what is it for Denko? well i mean you know the answer i mean i do know kiss. the answer but i need yeah. yeah yeah kiss i mean uh for many reasons <clears throat> uh but what initially hooked me was the fact that they wore makeup. I couldn't see the color of their skin. And I was an only child and I pretended that they were my brothers and cousins, you know, being an only child. I didn't have any family here. Um, all family was, I didn't grow up. I grew up as a single, uh, an only child uh, with uh, mom and dad, but <clears throat> that was it. And so I wanted to hang with cousins and I wanted to have a brother. And so Kiss were kind of the surrogate cousins and brothers for me because I couldn't see the color of their skin. I pretended that they weren't white, even though I kind of knew they were. <clears throat> and so that I think has a really deep, profound uh, foundation for me liking that band. Um, and then I don't know if it's chicken or egg situation, but I just ended up really liking the music too. Um, and thank God for that, because if it sounded like, you know, I don't know, late Chicago stuff, it would have been a, a hard to kind of piece yeah. together how much I like it or not. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, Do you uh, think uh, it was a visual that you saw before you heard? You can't remember. No, I can. I wanted to, I got my mom to buy me a kiss album before I even knew what they sounded like, because they oh, weren't okay. on the radio. They weren't, TV never showed them. You just see right. their face on, I guess, magazines, or yeah. when you go to the fairground, they're always selling mirrors of Kiss or something. Yeah. You know, we're going way back. Yeah. And I, I and you kind of piece together what this whole thing is, and you realize, oh, they're like a music thing. <laughs> How old <laughs> you were know? you? I was six, and so I was Holy in grade crap. one. Yeah, and so in the back of Alive, so my mom said, okay, you can choose one album, and I chose Alive, even though I wanted uh, Destroyer or Love Gun. I saw, like, there was a booklet in there, and you got more bang for your buck, and I knew I had one shot at this. So I took the I took the double album, and there is an address. If you look on early pressings, I don't know if it's still on there, but the address is, my mom said, if you write a letter, I will send it in. And that's the address. Yeah. And that's the address that I sent it in and I got a response from kiss. And so that also solidified my fandom forever. Wow. And they're really smart about that because it really hooked kids like me for life. So stupid question. Was, was it a, a personalized letter from the band or was it some stationary that came, you know, they, it was just, but it was good enough for you. Right. It's like, yeah. Response. Yeah. It was, um, Obviously, whoever received the letter knew it was a kid. So P. I got P.O. Box 5272 Grand Central Station, New York, New York, 10017. Doubt it's still active. Yeah. Right. yeah. But, um, P.O. Box. Yeah, I know. So I got um, two like school folders. One was double platinum, and one was all the four Kiss solo albums. Tell me you um, still have those. No, oh. I don't. And then I had five, uh, what, eight by 10 glossies 
um, that I obviously don't have, but I found the actual photos and the, the glossies on eBay. I bought them only to find out when I got it, they were uh, color photo scans. So I got ripped off, mm-hmm. but I do have the actual, the, uh, not the actual, but the uh, a copy of the pictures that I initially received from the Kiss Army. Wow. Very cool. So, yeah. Very so weird. that's that's what it is, you know, and they're a really smart band to do that. Because even though they got made fun of by all the older Kiss fans, they just waited till all those young kids grew up, and now their their career is gone. Can keep going till they die. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we have Kiss to thank for Danko Jones. How about that? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you. I wanted to do like a, a real quick round of a, a rapid fire round. Uh, with Danko here, I, I want you to name your favorite album by. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick three bands that are that are obvious influences for you, and I just want you to rattle off your favorite album by each band. We'll start with Motorhead. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I I think Overkill or Rock and Roll or 1916. Ooh, wow. 1916 is an underdog. I love that record. I recently re-listened to it and realized how much I love it. That is a good one. Thin Lizzy. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe Johnny the Fox. Uh, uh, Chinatown. Mm-hmm. No, Chinatown. Chinatown. Yeah, Chinatown. yeah we're, we're, we're all on the same page here. Yeah. And uh, let's, we already talked about Kiss. Let's, let's do ACDC. Um, I guess, you know, Highway to Hell and Back in Black, but if I was to choose an alternate from the usual, um, for those about to rock, I think, or, mm-hmm. although that's part of the usual, isn't it? No, not really. Yeah, well, that, yeah that one kind of falls outside. Or, or, or Power Age, Power yeah. Age. Yeah. There that, you go. Yeah, yeah, that, ding, ding, ding. yeah. Sorry, I always forget about that, but yeah. Um, no, that's fine. I put you on the spot anyway. So. That yeah. was the record they first came to America on. Pretty sure. Oh, I right? think that would be actually the one. The one. Maybe, Although, you know, yeah. Maybe it, was, uh, maybe it was high voltage and then that one they came because... I always throw in uh, "If You Want Blood, You Got It" the live album because it, much like "Kiss Alive," it's like a greatest hits. Yeah, I re- they, I had yeah. Even though they so, were doing highway songs, highway you know, hell, uh, uh, highway to hell songs on that tour, uh, none of those made that cut. Huh. So yeah. so we're we're talking about the excitement of live albums by some of our favorite bands and we're talking to a guy who who fronts one of the great live bands that's on the circuit right now so it's I got to ask can we expect a a live Danko Jones album in the future especially now that you've amassed a catalog of killer tunes can we capture that fire on a record anytime we, well we do have a live but it's only for streaming. Like it's uh, live at Gronalund, which is uh, Gronalund is in Stockholm. It's kind of like, um, yeah, like a fairground where there's a stage there. So we recorded it and we released it um, years ago on Spotify. Ah, okay. So, but no hard copies of anything. No, um, there's been people who like our band who've pressed their own copies of it, but that's it. So if you see it on Discogs, it's probably that guy. Oh, <laughs> he's, like he's, there's one guy who keeps pressing stuff. 
and it's it's cool. He gives us a copy of it. He he lives in Germany, live but he uploads vinyl? it to. It's on vinyl live. Well, he does like five to ten copies, and then he presses it and posts it on Discogs. So <laughs> I oh. think it drives collectors crazy. Yeah, because it's not an official. It's not available. Ultimately. <laughs> yeah, so he gives us a copy each, and, and then you he... have some live DVDs. You have live. That's right. DVDs out that people can. Uh, I mean, but I hate live. I don't really like doing live albums, and I don't really like listening to live albums. I really don't. Really, because oh. you're yeah. to me, your band is is. I mean, to me, your forte is live. As much as I love the studio recordings and and the and the songs and the songwriting, to me, a Dan- the Danko Jones experience is on stage at sweating. You know. Well, thanks, but I I just. Okay, so every time we've done something live, we know that it's being recorded, and that I don't know why, but it just um, I, I get I get gets under your skin. Yeah, I just get too aware, and it uh, I psych myself out. Yeah. Um, so there, we did a live DVD and and an album actually live at Vok in Open Air. There, it, it is on vinyl. Oh, and um, yeah, that's actually on vinyl. Okay. Um, uh, uh, officially, uh, and I don't like the performance. I was just too aware that we were being recorded and videotaped, and this was going to be pressed and released. And I just screwed. There's so there's so many screw ups, like where I screw up lyrics and I screw up get there make mistakes. And yeah, I was, so you didn't you didn't have a chance to clean it up like Kiss did. We did. Oh, not like they did, but we did kind of clean it up with like um, editing out certain things. But oh, right. we didn't re-record anything over right. it, which I now understand why Kiss did that, because you oh. do kind of psych yourself out if you know that they're recording. Yeah. yeah. Well, well in, in your in your defense, I mean, your lyrics are I mean, it, it's not some simple verse, chorus, verse. There's that's I mean, you, you're spitting out some tongue twister stuff. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. How you I don't even know how you keep all those lyrics in your brain because yeah, your, your songs have a lot of words and, and they're go and you're spitting them out rapid fire, too. So. Lots of fuck ups. Lots of fuck ups. <laughs> too many, actually. I mean, we just played a show last week and I was so worried about screwing up and we didn't we didn't screw up at all so well for what it's worth i i i I highly encourage our our listeners our audience if you ever get a chance to go see dango jones you will have your face blown off uh screw ups or not so uh definitely definitely a massive badass live attraction so check yeah you you kind of bring it live there's you're not fucking around so yeah. it's kind of it, it, it's an easy it's way to borderline scary <laughs> oh yeah that's what i was saying if there's haters out there they're you know he scares them into coming up front it's like damn i better pay attention <laughs> yes well, dude's so getting just, mad you know we just played a show in calgary that was our first show in 17 months since the junkyard shows and um right before we went on they played bohemian rhapsody and <clears throat> the song ends with uh nothing really matters and I just remember, and then I just did a whole rap against the song and how I, I was just started screaming at the audience after th- I, did, I think we did three songs. And then I'm, then I get to talk and I said, hello and whatever. And then I just, I just railed in on Bohemian Rhapsody and how I think it's lame that uh, Freddie Mercury thinks nothing really matters. 
And so I told them what I think really matters, which is rock and roll. And so that kind of thing just, it just comes out, just comes out. And I, I never have had, I, I had nothing prepared. Like I didn't even 17 months. I have, I'm walking on stage. I have nothing prepared. And the DJ before the, before the gig plays Bohemian Rhapsody and it ends with nothing really matters. And I was on the side stage going, nothing really matters. What the fuck? I never realized it ends like that. You know what fucking matters to me is fucking rock and roll. Oh, this is what I will talk about. That's right. So I, I just walked on stage and I just did this whole thing about Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody fucking pissing me off. <laughs> well, I, I call that uh, I call that work in the room because yeah, work in the room, man. I yeah, relate. I can relate. You know, I don't yeah. know what I, shit I'm going to say in between no. songs. I work the room. I'm. I'm extremely happy to be there solely because I'm playing rock and roll. That's that's yeah, yeah. what matters. Is I get to do this, and we're all here in a room together, and we're feeding off each other, and that's the only thing that matters. So, I I, I can relate to that. I think that um, you know, as a front man, it's okay to go in with nothing because next thing you know, you got a bunch of new friends, and you just you're just commenting on the light, you know? Yeah whatever comes to you yeah it's yeah. great so it, it's so great I, I, I sent you one of these oh wow <laughs> i haven't i haven't gotten that yet that's well, awesome you know the post office is slow uh this is uh it brought to us this is br brought to us by uh three-headed dog clothing here in austin they have a website people can look it up three-headed dog clothing uh, that's amazing yeah the so i sent you a black one and this one is uh pink it's not hot pink. It's kind of bubble gum, I guess. It and looks purple on my screen. But. Oh, yeah, right on. Well, we could call it purple. Uh, the skate deck? Yeah, yep, this is a skate deck. It's I kept this one, D, because it has the grip tape already on it in case I wanted to put some trucks and wheels on it. And the one I sent you is uh, more set to be a wall hanger for decorative purposes, but it's the same print. And for, awesome. lis for listeners, yeah, it's totally awesome. For listeners, it's uh, you're on top at the head. Uh, it's a still taken from the uh, first date, uh, first date, first date video, and then there's some live shots. Uh, there's JC in the middle. Oh, right wicked! Here. And then here you are over here. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's fucking rad. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's wicked. Rad. So my buddy. Uh, David Haley put these together, and uh, there's only two of a kind at the moment. Wow! Uh, but if you look up three-headed dog and you and you and you ask about these, um, you know, I don't know how Danko feels about just the fandom of this. It's it's appropriate to say um, uh, that my friend Mr. Haley heard heard Viva. He was he was he was listening to some broken teeth and he's like, Who's Danko Jones? It says he's singing on this. I'm like, dude, go look him up and listen to it. And like every day he started going, Oh my god, that dude rules and da 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 da. Oh wow. He's, he's the guy that does all this kind of it's a clothing, you know, they do hats and shoes and, and whatever and is and, that like a Roki Erickson type uh reference there? What? Three-headed dog. Oh, yeah. it, might, it might be. It might Probably. be, but I thought the Rocky Erickson was two-headed dog. I've been working Is in the two-headed oh. two dog. Yeah. But yeah. but good, good play. play on it. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, wanted to show this one off there. just wanted to say that there's one of these in the mail to you. Oh man. I, I can't wait to get it. Now, I know it's coming, case. but I, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, there's been things sent to me from the States that just sit for weeks okay. and but that's just how it is you're during the pandemic. Because I sent you the Godzilla motor company CD yeah. and you got, that's it. I think it's CD. like, that was like a small little thing that they could just. Yeah, so this is in like a huge box you could put a yeah. dead body in. Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably the holdup. They think they're expecting it to make sure it's not a dead body. We better yeah, kind hold of, on to this one. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a thing. If it's not from Amazon, I think they'll just be, they just go, whoa. Right. <laughs> Texas. So. Oh, man. <laughs> We've heard about those people. You know, I could go on and on and on and uh, just hang out with you in a Zoom room, uh, Danko, but... Same here. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like uh, we should let you have some dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's dinner time, yeah. yeah. I gotta, yeah. I, I do have to walk Ralph very soon. Okay. Because um, I can hear him. I don't know if you guys can hear him, but he's whining. No, no. we don't hear that. Okay. That's why I was looking down a couple of times. Oh, that's okay. Uh, yeah. So you yeah. got a new record out, Power Trio. It's coming out late August the 27th. Um, I'm sure it'll be on all digital platforms worldwide. Uh, is there a European release? Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's worldwide. Yeah, worldwide. Oh, okay, um, great. And uh, you can hear the yeah. singles right now. Uh, right. Saturday and. Uh, I want out and flaunt it. Oh, that's right. That's right. The three. And then there's going to be a fourth one that's coming out very soon too. So excellent. And there could be even a fifth one. I don't know. They're, they keep talking about it. I have nothing to do with the singles. I, I don't choose them. I don't, I I take myself out of the, the discussion. So, because I always choose the deep cuts. I'm like, yes. why, why not this one? Does JC <laughs> have anything to do with choosing those? Yeah. He's, he's definitely involved in that more than I am. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm just, I just never choose the right one uh, because I like the deep cuts. So right, the weird, sounds the like weird ones. instincts have served you well so far. So yeah, it's a kind of a, a kind of a loose group of our management and JC's in there, and obviously the labels have their say and stuff. But I mean, so many cooks in the kitchen for that. I just don't care. Yeah. Whatever right. you want to put out is fine by me. I, I don't really care. I mean, if I had my choice, it would be other tracks that will never get released so well i think that i think that just uh them letting you be uh the juice you know the fire uh coming up with you know your 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 content is consistently prolific i feel like i hear thin lizzy i hear ufo i hear kiss all over it i hear it's like you write the Gene Simmons songs that Gene Simmons doesn't write. Other than, other than, other than Christine 16, because, you know, you could go to jail for that shit. <laughs> right. I know. That, that, that stuff is like going blind is insane um, yeah. in 2021. But right. um, out, of the, out of all the Kiss guys, you know, Gene's voice is definitely something I can, I can't, no one, I don't know if I could do Paul and I can't do Peter. Um, so Gene is the closest thing I can, I can do. Yeah, I I am guilty of channeling some Gene as well. Yeah, uh, I think we all are. Like, like yeah. whether they well yeah. between him and Blackie Lawless, I, I don't even think they realize they spawned an entire like black metal culture. Black metal for sure. It both yeah. of yeah, that's a really yeah. I have to agree with that. And yeah. not a lot of people 
say that, you know, like, I don't think people, a lot of people have said that, but it, no, they can't, they, they true. can't, they just think, ah, wasp and kiss, whatever. No, hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> Between just Blackie yeah. Lawless. Uh, it, uh, well, you could say King Diamond and Alice Cooper, but I feel like not as much. Well, maybe like visually and aesthetically, sure. sure. But I think but, Gene and his tone and Blackie Lawless and how like, you know, like under, yeah. like it's underground-ish, you know, with yeah. the, the personifications that they're like, you know, it's like they're throwing their blood on you and you, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, the saw blades and the fire and the blood and the demons and the, you know, it spawned an entire corpse paint generation. Oh, I, I totally see that, you know, first, even, first, even in the sound, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, even his Blackie's voice, I, I could see it. And even his facial expressions as well. I could, I could totally see. And of course, Gene is goes without saying, you talked to some of those black metal guys from Norway and they're humongous kiss fans. Oh, humongous kiss fans. Yeah. 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 Well, they would kind of have to be, uh, in my opinion, I think Danny filth from cradle of filth, uh, sounds like blackie a little bit sometimes with that right fry vocal right that he's got he sounds like blackie a little bit he may not even realize that that's what others might hear or maybe not but well, when you yeah. talk to abbott from uh immortal he's got kiss posters in his uh, up on his tour bus <laughs> like he's he's like he's over the top man he's oh, on tour so, but he's not leaving home yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my, <laughs> I like that. So my kiss posters are they're all over my wall, uh, and I'm in my fifties. Uh, that's never changed. Same here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really. I do have my black light kiss poster in the other room. Perfect. Uh, well, uh, Danko, Dave, much Dave like, take us out. Yeah, uh, Danko, much like Jason, I mean, I could sit here and talk to you for days, and and this has really been a, a great episode, and I know we kept you long, but it's because it was so interesting, and we thank you. Oh, it's fun as hell. Yeah, thank you so much for being available. Thank you for spending so much time with us, and uh, thank you for all the great music, and we'll look forward to Power Trio coming out next month. Tell us again, August what? 27th. August 27th, folks, Power Trio, the new album from Danko Jones. That's going to do it for this episode of the Talk Louder podcast. On behalf of my co-host, Jason McMaster, our very special guest star, Danko Jones, I'm Metal Dave Glessner. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>